Hey, what's up, everybody? So, um, gonna be talking about uh, Gazi Koto and Black Hammer and some things that we didn't know about. Okay, and you know, we have to basically not take these types of organizations that just look to be parasites on the black community. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. What is the scariest thing is uh, these people would recruit young people from, you know, high school, people fresh out of college, and they would, if they wanted to move up in rank, some of them, uh, the men, they'd have to go through that in order to move up in rank. Okay. Don't believe me? Let's get into a story about it right here. Here we are. All right. The FBI raided on. <clears throat> here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here we are. The FBI raid on rule movements. St. Peter's headquarters last month appears to have been touched off by a suspicious, de- a suspicious death in the suburban Atlanta 10 days before and a subsequent arrest of self-aggrandizing former rural leader. Recent revelations have put the spotlight on Ghazi Koto, 31, who moved to Atlanta after being kicked out of the Aruas in 2018 and starting running a liberation group called the Black Hammer Party that critics derived as a cult. A street gang investigators from Fayetteville, Georgia, police testifying last week as a case related to the July 29th raid on the rural house confirmed that the FBI had long been since watching Kozo. The FBI alerted the investigation after she started a local probe into Black Hammer over allegations members were harassing college students in downtown Atlanta for donation. It was prompted by an article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that detailed the group's meteorotic rise during the George Floyd protests, its far-right messaging, and calls for violence against police. Police arrived at Kodo's house on July 19th to respond to a 911 call about a kidnapping and a man found dead. Kozo and Xavier Keno, Russian 21, were arrested and charged with kidnapping, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, conspiracy, conspiracy to commit felony and taking part in street gang activity days before the FBI raided a handful of other locations connected to the black separatist organizations Kozo was charged with sexually assaulting someone which the investigators alleges was a pattern 
a way for underlings to gain rank in the group. This is sick. This is so damn sick. What's up, Mr. Goodbread? This is an incorporated political organization. Kazo's lawyer, Stacey Flynn, argued in court last week disputing Georgia's label of Black Hammer as a street gang. Kozo was a regular at the Tampa Bay area protests from speeches at Black Lives Matter marches to targeted demonstrations, including the one in which Kozo jumped on the table at the City Hall Stairwell Mural Public Art Project Committee in 2016. After several years of activism here, Kozo moved to Atlanta and started the Black Hammer. Recruiting and political ta- tactics got more theatrical with live stream performances and giveaways. Kazo dressed as a Joker in one anti-Antifa video. I don't know how anybody could take him seriously. I can see why he was kicked out of the Arus. Fast forward, the Justice Department is now alleging that Kozo and Black Hammer took money from a Russian influencer named Asamir Vitorvitrik Inovov, according to the unsealed federal indictment. The FBI arrested Inovov last month for secretly funding black political groups and directing them to publish pro-Russian propaganda and cause dissension in the United States and to promote secessionist ideologies. The charges on Invo's dime and at his bidding, the FBI says a handful of Black Hammer members flew to California to protest outside Meta's HQ over Facebook's Russian restrictions. Based on Ivo's indictment and on social media posts, Kozlov's Black Hammer exposed pro-Russian views against Ukraine and used Russian money to try to form an independent nation state, Hammer City, in the Colorado Rockies. If you're supposed to be pro-Black, why are you taking money from Europeans? The Euros, who also appear to have had contact with Inovov, per the indictment, aren't accused of any wrongdoing that wouldn't be considered free protected speech. The movement, a group of founded by Omanali Yeshe, I can't even pronounce these names, unabashedly supports Russia in its war against Ukraine. Now, you know, look, I don't feel bad with uh, about Ukraine. I really don't. How you doing, man, uh, Mr. Goodbread? I don't feel bad about uh, people being against Ukraine because the Ukrainian government, all right, is taking our tax dollars. And using it to give pay raises for people who work in the Ukrainian government. That's right. Ukrainian parliament is taking U.S. tax dollars to give pay raises to Ukrainian government workers and their parliament and their government. While we are struggling with food shortages, water shortages, okay, crime is at an all-time high, EMS workers are overworked, understaffed. And our president is giving this money to fund white supremacist, white supremacist government to fight Russia. <clears throat> All right. Now, I don't feel bad about that. But the problem is, it's like. Uh, these, these groups right here are a joke. All right. And look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. You know, you're you're raping men. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised um, that 911 caller, 911 caller who killed himself, he got, he became a victim of, of Ghazi. He became a victim. And he couldn't live with himself. 
Many men can't live with themselves after that has happened to them. Okay? Many men can't even find counseling after that has happened to them. Alright? Well, let's look more into uh, the dirt that's on Ghazi. It's a lot, it's, 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 it's sickening. Here we go. Here we go right here. The champion of the pedophiles, Ghazi Castle, Augustus Claudius Romain Jr. from Black Hammer Party and Omalami Yeshida, African People's Socialist Party, says he'll do to a police officer's kids to school to kidnap them and to um, harm them. This is what he asked us. This is what Kazi, coming out of Kazi's mouth. Hold on. My thing is this, how are you sitting here and watching a person talk about violating another person's kid? I don't get that. But I see how Ghazi works because he's talking to a bunch of people who are probably who are homeless and are mentally ill. So they don't know left from right. Most of them. So he could get away with this. He couldn't get away with this talking to a uh, auditorium of well-educated or just people of middle class who know right from wrong. He would have gotten the business. He would have gotten the business. I would have been held down until the cops come to arrest him. Okay. Definitely. Now here's something that's also very disturbing. Queen of pedophiles, Ghazi Kozo, Augustus Claudius Romain Jr. from Black Hammer Party. And that person's African name I can't pronounce. African People's Socialist Party tries to kidnap a 16-year-old um, Adrius Holt from jail so he can continue can continue violating him in his cult house garage the current members know this whoa whoa alright remember with 911 call you can look it up yourself online the person said he's kidnapping. He's in a garage. That's what. He, that's how the one of those members got violated in a garage. Okay, so then he's informed 
is sick, man. This is sick. This is sick. He ain't part of no for black people. He's just another Black Lives Matter clone. And this is how they act. This is how they roll. This is how they roll. Here's them they trying to recruit um, in high schools. Okay. Recruiting high school students for Ghazi to kidnap and molest in a house garage. This is what he does. Okay, says he helps a homeless in Woodruff Park in Atlanta, but kicks out and then makes fun of a homeless person with a child. Cult leader, cult leader. I'm not seeing that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting reports that your life is is better. I'm getting reports that you 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 back living with your mama. I'm getting reports that you're sick. You got sick. You got COVID. You're really sick. I'm getting reports about that. I'm getting reports that you, you, your pockets is empty. You can't eat. You, you're, on, you're on Twitter begging people to give you money. You can't even take care of your child. He's making fun of a single mother who's down on her luck. Yet you got blacks defending this clown. Okay. You weren't doing that when you were around me. You didn't need to beg Twitter to feed your snotty-nosed brat when you was around me. So, and that's about it. That is about it. Okay. All right, here we go right here. Um, Socialist Party says he's winning before telling his slave master lawyer to say his cult is collapsing and losing both court cases. Hmm. Yeah, this guy's going to jail. He's, he's he's going to go to jail, and he's going to suffer for what he did. All right? All right, here's something. Here's right here. Okay, this is where um, Ghazi's talking about uh, didn't have the slave lady balls to threaten the police or FBI. What, what is it? Queen of jail kiosk, Ghazi Koto Augustus. Claudius Romain Jr. from Black Hammer Party and Alami Shaltali, African People's Socialist Party cult slaves didn't have the slave lady walls to threaten the police or FBI. 
of sex trafficking and their children like Ghazi did. Hmm. See about this one. I don't understand how people could be and they just going along with it too they just going along with it this guy's a psycho alright a real evil psycho of a human being alright there's only so much I could stand of Ghazi I couldn't stand him talking when he was uh, exposing Jesse Lee Peterson I mean he had a right to expose Jesse Lee Peterson but at the same time I can't stand the alphabet, you know, mannerisms and crap like that. All right, on to the next story here. All right, hold on one minute. Okay, <clears throat> we have a story of a, a football player by the name of Matt Ariza, and he is facing a possible, I mean, we don't know the facts yet, it's a great charge. Let's get into the story. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. Tonight, new developments and reaction to the shocking accusations against former San Diego State football star Matt Ariza, who was released by the Buffalo Bills yesterday. The news comes after a civil lawsuit was filed Thursday against the former San Diego State star and two other players accusing them of raping a 17-year-old girl at an off-campus party last year. Ultimately, we thought it was best for everybody just for Matt to be able to. Uh, it's a very serious situation, Heather, and um, with the serious nature and allegations, and we just can't, we don't have the means to put all the facts together. And um, there's multiple versions of, of what happened, and, and, you know, he's a football coach, I'm a GM. Like, we... We don't have access to everything. And so that's more important than playing football. And so we want Matt to focus on that. Matt Arise's attorney, Carrie Armstrong, released a statement shortly after Matt's dismissal from the Bills, saying that Matt is very upset and disappointed that his career with the Bills ended, not because he played poorly, but because of false allegations leveled against him by a young lady and her attorney. I hope he's back in the NFL soon. He deserves to be as he is the hardest working 22 year old I know. The accuser's attorney, Dan Gillian, released a statement after Arise's release saying in part, quote, the Buffalo Bills ignored us as though what I warned them would happen could be avoided if they just kept their heads in the sand. This is what enablers do. 
The full civil lawsuit file document can be found over on our website at fox5sandiego.com. Click the scene on tab. And our Zara Barker is live outside San Diego State with reaction from fans and students. Jason, Misha, good afternoon to both of you. It's now been less than 24 hours since the Buffalo Bills have released their rookie punter and former SDSU football star Matt Ariza. But still, it's all the talk with Buffalo Bills fans and also with students here at San Diego State. A decision 2,500 miles away from San Diego State University is sending shockwaves to students. The Buffalo Bills released former star punter Matt Ariza after a civil lawsuit filed in San Diego Thursday alleged that Ariza and two former Aztecs gang-raped a 17-year-old girl at an off-campus party in October. Usually I think you should not be punished until, like, you're proven guilty. It's just, it's just always tough in these cases. Some fans and students say the Bills let Ariza go too early. I just think it was too soon. Like, if it's not like hard facts that my boy Punk God did it, it's just way too soon. Others say the franchise did the right thing. I think it was reasonable that they let him go because I don't think he should be in the spotlight and in something that is like so big as like um, a major league football association. If it's proven true, then like of course, like he shouldn't play. But if they're not true, you know, it's hard. It's also like, how do you like really apologize for not believing someone and like letting him go too early? Like as a franchise, they're also trying to make money, and sometimes it's just about you don't want that correlated with like with your name. Football fans and students wondering if and when what happened that October 9th will be brought to light and what the rest of Ariza's career will look like. If this allegation to him is true, then it's the end of his career and the end of a lot of things for him. Punk God is a GOAT, so I think that, like, even with the allegations, if he, like, gets cleared and is like, okay, he'll get picked up by someone because he's freaking Legatron and he kicks it, like, super far. And now separate from that civil lawsuit, San Diego Police Department has completed its own investigation into this alleged incident. SDPD has confirmed with me that they sent their investigation over to the San Diego District Attorney's Office. Now the DA has yet to make a comment on this investigation and has not said if charges could be filed in this case. Live at I got a lot of questions, man. I got a lot of questions. I mean, <clears throat> I wonder if there's any text messages that was exchanged between him and his 17-year-old. Now, here's the thing. Did he know she was 17? I am not saying that it's right what he did, okay? I am also not say, not for grapists. I'm not a grape. I'm not a grape apologetist, okay? The reason why I'm asking these questions is because there was a similar situation about a woman got involved with two athletes, okay? And she was white. He was they two were black, okay? I'm not trying to make this a race thing. What I'm trying to say is this, okay? She accused these two of rape because she found the dude that she liked and she was scared that that dude was going to find out either by accidentally getting in contact with these dudes and exposing her for what she is, which was a 304, okay? But the good thing was is that they had text messages to prove that it was consensual sex. <clears throat> and she did go to jail for like a year. 
Um, in this situation, I want to know, did he know she was 17? Was this consensual? Okay? Because you have a lot of 17-year-olds going to these college parties. Here's the, that. This is the problem here. This is the problem. And you have girls, young girls, women who are like college women, right? <clears throat> Let me put it this way. College women bringing teens, female teens, to these parties. This is the problem here. Okay? It's also, um, I really do think that, you know, these coaches need to be mentors and father figures to these young, promising athletes and tells them the do's of don'ts and to basically, hmm, like I, I'm saying it now, man, it's just, it comes to a point right now, like, look, you're, just, you're better off just looking for a woman that is serious about a long-term relationship if you're in college and you got something promising going for marriage you cannot be going here and trying to just smash everything that breathes when you're in college those days are over okay these women are trying to get you trapped or you're just maybe too too dumb enough to have self-control to understand uh your understand boundaries that's the way i see it Okay, on to the next story. So, we're back with the pox. Not Tupac, the pox. Alright. And it's saying that it's, uh, let's just say the pox is making a wave in, uh, in Atlanta. And the data shows that it's hitting hard on black men. Wonder why. Let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. shows the monkeypox outbreak is disproportionately affecting black men here in Georgia. And right now, the FDA is working on a new strategy to stretch the vaccine supply as we see cases jump by the hundreds week to week. Week to week. 11 Alive's Joe Ripley is here to explain why this new guidance is especially critical for communities of color. Joe? Today, we confirmed two employees within the Fulton County government have tested positive for monkeypox. They are currently in isolation. The virus spreads through close person-to-person contact as well as respiratory fluids. Today, we dug into the disparities of the disease when it comes to people of color. Georgia currently has the fourth highest number of monkeypox cases in the country. State health officials say more than 80% of cases here are in black men. And yet, the vaccination numbers show almost an even distribution of vaccines to black and white Georgians. Historically and today, we consistently see that these are communities that receive less health care, less access, and have less trust of the health care system. Dr. Jody Guest, vice chair of epidemiology at Emory University's Rollins School of Public Health, says there's a sense of urgency to use what little vaccine supply the state has on hand to respond to the current outbreak. I don't think we um, are yet at a spot where we would say we have a handle on this. We need to consistently get the messaging out about prevention, who's most at risk, and we need vaccines to give them to communities that are at highest risk. Help is on the way. In response to the 9,500 monkeypox cases nationwide, the FDA has issued emergency use authorization for a regular dose to be split into five doses. The FDA says they will still be just as effective, but the doses will just go under the top layer of skin. 
People under 18, though, still need the full dose between skin and muscle, and anyone who gets a vaccine must get a second dose four weeks later. The new guidance means Georgia's recently requested 26,000 vaccine order will turn into about 130,000 doses. Dr. Guest says as long as communities who need the vaccines most get them, Georgia can handle the outbreak. To make sure that we have campaigns for vaccinations that are specifically for communities that are harder to reach or have less access typically, and making sure that we get vaccinations exactly where they need to be going. If you're interested in getting a monkeypox vaccine tonight, you should call your county's health department to check on clinics and appointment times, but be warned, appointments do go fast. We also have answers to your top... So I think it's just, you know, the fact of the matter is, is people have to just come with the understanding that this type of uh, condition is one that attacks the alphabet men group, okay? And the reality is they need to chill out. They need to stop doing what they're doing, which is means they need to stop, uh, you know, having all that, all that, uh, hide the zucchini action. That's, that's basically what I could say. All right. Because that, that is what is causing this. All right. And also to stop doing this download stuff, because that is how, um, that is how it's spreading because some of you are on down low, okay, and you're giving it to, you know, your wives and giving it to your girlfriends, and that's how it's hurting the black community. All right, and the black community has to stand up and say enough is enough. All right, they have to, but unfortunately, they don't have the guts to because. They're not willing to make those hard sacrifices and step on a few toes, even if those toes are related to you. All right, on to the next story now. Gotta watch who you leave your kids with, especially with relatives who are not too smart. That's what I could say. Let's get into this story. Hard Talk Radio, live in 4K. The Hidalgo County Sheriff's Department received an emergency call about an unresponsive child in a car. The child was taken to the nurse's office at the campus where they attempted CPR procedures. Local media personnel also arrived to assist, but their efforts to resuscitate the child were unsuccessful. The La Jolla Independent School District confirmed the vehicle the five-year-old child was in belonged to a school employee at the school, and the child was related to the staff member. Temperatures in the area on Thursday were about 100 degrees. Dr. Asim Samir, chief pediatrician at Valley Baptist in Brownsville, says car safety during hot temperatures are important because the interior of a car heats up quickly. And every year we have this fatality. Uh, if the temperature outside is 90, 95, or 99, um, and we have put a temperature in, uh, thermometer inside the car, and we have noticed it has gone jump up to 140. Um, uh, so imagine 140 degrees uh, or more, uh, you will be very much uh, burned or exhausted. 
and dehydrated and will pass out. While car safety applies to everyone, Dr. Samir says children under the age of five are the most vulnerable. The adults have uh, 40% to 60% of water in the body. Babies have 60 to 80%. So when they get dehydrated, they pass out immediately. Um, uh, they have a problem breathing and then they have irritation to the brain and they pass out immediately. At a news conference, the La Jolla superintendent expressed her condolences to the family of the child and said they will offer counseling to staff. They need to sue. The, they need to sue that worker who left their child in that car for so long. Which then again, you have to. It's, it's also the the parents have to take accountability. You know what type of relative they are. You know if they're an idiot when it comes to children. Okay, you know if they're a moron. and students. This was an isolated incident. We're providing support to our students and staff with additional counseling services. We will continue to monitor our students and staff at Paredes Elementary. The La Jolla Police Department, Sheriff's Office, and Child Protective Services are investigating the death of the child. Reporting for the Rio Grande Valley, Xochitl Lagunas. Didn't have to happen, man. You can't take care of the... You can't hold on to the kid. Give it to somebody else You know you, you have work that day Stay home with your kid It's just messed up man And I hope they sue the person Who's in charge of taking care of that child Because that's murder Straight up murder Alright so we got another case Of a black woman Trying to defy authority And she thought she was going to get away with it Because She's a black woman. She got that sass. She's a sassy black woman. Her superpowers cannot be thwarted. But let's get into the story. All Talk Radio, live in 4K. Can't believe I missed this story. This happened last month. But let's get into it. Fair use, fair use. Strong odor of intoxicants coming from her person. While the officer continued to speak with Janine, an uninvolved female approached her driver's side window and asked what was going on. Hey, Officer Lozano, what can I speak to you? Do I pull you over? Because you're driving against one way traffic here. Driving against one-way traffic is one way to get, you know, arrested by the cops. So she should have just complied. But let's see if she did. How much would you bet she didn't? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. But do you know that this is a one-way street? It's a violation. It's a traffic violation. You can't drive against traffic. Is that really why you just... 
Can I have, can I have your driver's license, ma'am, please? The female was later identified as 24-year-old Kaywana Hollandside. Have you been drinking? Has nothing to do with her, but she wants to put her mouth in this business. Hurry up with your process. The wow, wow, hmm, wow. And knowing how cops, man, you and the questioning of the driver. Because he, because he on bullshit. That shouldn't even make sense. Well, well, maybe I can help explain that. No, she won't. She's definitely drunk because you're driving in the opposite direction on a one-way street. Yeah. This, see, this is why you can't... I cannot feel sorry for some black folks when they get hemmed up by the police. As the officer walked over to the driver's side of the vehicle, Kaywana stepped in between them both. What are you going to do? I want to talk to her. You just talk to her over there. You weren't on the traffic stop. I'm Yo, most most of these cops, you have some cops that are just scumbags. They would have done, made her eat the pavement. She would have been eating the pavement. But did, I salute to these cops. They're so patient. They have so much self-control. I mean, really. Let's keep going. Has to have mental illness. Has to, but still, no excuse. No excuse for what she's doing. 
The officer asked Janine more questions. However, he couldn't hear her response due to Kaywana yelling. I'm not moving. So. You don't have the right to open her door. No, she don't have to do that walk shit. Who the fuck you think you is? It's my drink. Tell me you I have no patience for these women. I would have wanted her taste at least. <laughs> Saddest thing in the black community, they would back her. Not all blacks, but let me put it this way. Chris Rock said there is a civil war between black people and ninjas. And boy, do I hate ninjas. Okay, you have ninjas will steal your TV and come to you next day and heard you got robbed. They will kill your loved one and come to the funeral. Okay, that it has been done. That is what they do. And there's in the in the low income black communities, not the high income black communities. The high income black communities, they make sure they don't have people who have this type of behavior. Okay, majority of the black community is ninjas. Exactly. Yes, because you're not, you're not giving he after the her after the arrest, black men didn't protect me. Black women are the least protected in the community. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how it will go down. Eventually, assisting officers detained Kaywana for hindering the investigation of the traffic stop. We're asking you politely to step out, okay? Now we're gonna ask for a You gotta ask for Who the fuck are you a sergeant? What did you say you're a sergeant? So what the fuck you call your little boys for? Your partner walked up to me. in the drinking water I don't know really I don't know what it is but you think you could do this to a cop you, 
it's like, I don't know, the Jezebel feminist spirit, it just gives them balls that they could talk to a cop this way. A cop. And think nothing's going to happen to you. Mr. Brooks, please, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> Got you upset. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. You are five. What are you? Five two, five three, one hundred and what sixty pounds? And these dudes are like what five ten, five eight? You're not doing anything. Now look at you. Look at you. man yo hood culture is a curse it is a curse you all you have to do is get out the car get out the car so you could just go through the you're in the wrong you're driving in the wrong direction on a one-way street and that's supposed to be your niece and you letting her go to jail because you decide to be ignorant okay, sir. All right, thank you. oh now she wants to get out.
doesn't matter. No one cares if you got a limp leg. You felt, man. Excuses, excuses, excuses. Here's another one. Here's another one. Oh no. Super Karen to the rescue. Super Karen. Super Karen. She gotta be on the she gotta be in the system. She has to be in the system. And she's drunk. She gotta be drunk too. She's trying to play the sympathy card. She's trying to play the sympathy card right now. Aww, sympathy card. Ain't no simps on that force. Ain't no simps.
I don't mean nothing. That means nothing. That means see. No, it don't. Damn childish ass, overgrown child. How am I supposed to get in here? Let me use this squat. Ben, yo, come on now. <laughs> she wants the cops to hit her. She wants the cops to. I feel so bad for these good cops out there who are actually doing their job. And we need cops. With everything happening, we need cops. We do. And I, I'll say this. I don't feel bad for them if they say they do not want their daughters dating black men. I'll say it. Well, I'll put it this way. Hopefully they got a black front to listen. Your daughters could date black men. They just have to be highly educated, have a degree, and that's that. That's all. Make sure they have a high standard. Content of character. It's not the skin color, it's the content of character. That's all. Sit. You're able to get into to a car, right? You're able to get into a car. You shouldn't be saying that. You got into a car to drive on a one-way street in the wrong direction. You should be able to sit and fit in that car. She really pushing it. She's trying to push these cops. She's trying to push them. She wants that police brutality case. She wants that fame. That's what she wants. She wants that George Floyd fame. Who cares? No one told you to drive the wrong way on a one-way street. Janine provided a breath sample, which resulted in 0.234. this over a traffic citation all she was in the wrong these black women from the hood that are feminist kill me man imagine if she had a man with her imagine if she had a man with her Anyway, it's moving on, moving on. Seems like the heat wave is not just in America, but it's in China as well. All right. 
Let's get into that. One second. This some um, unbelievable crap I'm seeing, man. And you'll have some simp beta male black men that will defend her. That will defend her. I I just I don't get it, man. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see a point in defending madness. And I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I really think it's the fact. It's for sex. All right. It's usually these black men, okay, who are hungry for sex. Low-income black men, or men who just in a drought. Okay. And they are hungry for sex. Alright. It's usually these men that are on SSI, Section 8. And that's what they, they, they put up with the BS because that's all they could get. Alright. So hot in China, it's starting fires. Let's get into it. China now the unprecedented heat wave has dried up the rivers wilted crops and sparked forest fires this summer it has grounded ships caused hydropower shortages and forced major cities to dim their lights receding waters have revealed long submerged ancient bridges and Buddha statues it has been 73 days and counting the heat wave has easily surpassed China's record of 62 days in 2013 all-time highs are being broken often only to be rebroken days later. The high heat and the drought igniting numerous fires over the past week with particularly intense blazes in uh, central parts of the country near Chongqing, a city along the trickling Yangtze River. The firefighters are dropping fire retardant on wooded areas uh, in, the, in the district of Beibei, north of the city's urban center. Aerial footage from the state news showing that this, showing the smoke rising from the forest area and local authorities have deployed more than 1,600 fire crews to battle the growing forest fires from both air and ground. Officials have warned this month that temperatures were rising faster in China than the rest of the world and a record-breaking heat wave has raised concern about its ability to adapt to rapid climate change. The National Meteorological Center downgraded its national heat warning to orange after 12 consecutive days of red alerts. But temperatures are still expected to exceed 40 Celsius in Sichuan and other parts of the Yangtze Basin. The landscape of the Chinese megacity has been transformed by an unusually long and intense heat period, including the surrounding farmland and steep, picturesque mountains. In fact, Chinese meteorologists are calling it the country's strongest heat wave since record-keeping started in 1961. Reservoirs in hydropower have uh, fallen to half of their normal levels and demand for air conditioning has also surged. Thousands of factories making processor chips, solar panels have been shut down to guarantee stable electricity supply to daily life. This is Pyongyang Lake in Jiangxi province, China's biggest freshwater lake known as the Kidney because of the role that it plays in regulating the flow of the Yangtze River. A pagoda-topped island, which is normally surrounded by water, is now fully visible. It testifies to the dramatic impact of a long drought and heat wave. Poyang's hydrological functions have also been eroded over the years 
by sand mining and the construction. Authorities have proposed building a large gate to exert more control over the water flows, a move criticized by the green groups. The prolonged heat is also impacting the power supplies of the country. Officials have issued orders to ration the power supply and they are going to great lengths to save electricity. Take a look at these images, for example. This is an office in China, Sichuan province. It looks like a sweatshop. Only the computers are running. The employees are working here without any lights, air conditioners, or even fans. There is no clarity if there is a... That is a health hazard right there. You know, the computers are running. They're going to be generating heat. There has to be some air conditioning there. The place smells and barely any ventilation. It's a lawsuit right there. And on charging mobile phones as well. And then we have this picture. Giant blocks of ice have replaced air conditioners in this office. Again, this is from China, Sichuan. Last week, the province ordered power cuts for just six days. And now that order has been extended for 11 days. Over 5 million people are affected by the drought and the power cuts in China. And there is no short-term relief in sight. These natural disasters are hitting the Chinese economy and their impact is expected to be as bad, if not worse, than the Wuhan virus pandemic. All right. This right here is a, that's, that's going to be an issue. All right. And people are talking about, like, climate change is not... I, you know, I don't know, man. I, I have to look at climate change that it's... Uh, it, it's it could be a real thing, all right? Forest fires, people fainting, people dying due to the heat. Um, I, I really would have to look at it as something that is real. Okay, I mean, think about it. All right, you got sharks, all these wildlife, right? That is supposed to be in other parts of the world, you know, parts of the world where they got the Caribbean and stuff like that. You got these sharks showing up in, um, you know, places that they're not supposed to be in. Okay, people are getting bitten by sharks at the beach now, those sharks aren't supposed to be near first world waters or waters where you know people are at so that's that's an issue right there okay now here's something I wanted to talk about um, basically it was about uh, the Nicki Minaj situation with her husband's accuser admitting to lying all right and I'm doing this because of the fact that, you know, so many cases of men are going to jail due to a woman's lie. Okay? Or being accused, alright, of sexually assaulting a woman when they didn't do it. Okay? And that that is that is not a joke. It's not. It really isn't. And people have to 
understand that. And unfortunately, in our society, the gynocentric society, they will look the other way, probably downplay it. Okay. And I guarantee you that, you know, Nicki Minaj, Kenneth Petty's accuser will not do any jail time. She won't. Okay. She won't do a she won't do a year. But let's get into it. Here we go. Nicki Minaj's husband, Kenneth Jew Petty, has received a bad rap for a long time. He and Nicki met with the met when the pair were just teenagers. They went to the same high school but reconnected in 2018 how somehow he managed to sweep a very successful and rich Nicki Minaj off her feet and gave her a baby boy or she gave him a baby boy they were reportedly married in 2019 anyway there was some other stuff in Kenny's past that has caused much speculation about who he is as a person first of all he was accused of raping a woman at knife point he was convicted in a, of an attempted rape in the first degree in April of 1995. It was then stated that he was the person that assaulted a 16-year-old girl. Because of this, he was sentenced to prison and is now considered a level 2 registered sex offender. He registered four years behind bars. He, I'm sorry, he served four years behind bars for his crime. So, he is a year younger than Nicki Minaj. I thought he was older. Anyway, Patty, Petty has had a number of run-ins with the law more recently, mostly noted in his inability to register himself as a sex offender. But you know that. Now it seems as though there's new narrative that may rewrite Kenneth Petty's entire history. And that is his current accuser. His accuser may have lied. Okay? Now our rumor section in that <clears throat> is one that plays fair. We do not pick on people, but we definitely have been confused about the relationship from time to time. This time his accuser, who is many years older now, has seemingly confessed to lying on him. She says she was coerced by the cops into saying he did that dastardly deed in the 90s. Our news section didn't touch this, but we can. Alright? So, let's uh, watch that. Alright, that bean footage. go statue of limitations on perjury perjury is when you lie under oath and regardless if i made a statement or didn't make a statement that is the reason why i stood up in court and i said when a judge acts like yo does anybody have anything to say before he is sentenced i stood up and i said your honor i'm the person who pressed the charges i would like to drop the charges i made a huge mistake wow. this was a, like i'm in court in front of his family in front of friends in front of everybody like whatever and they was like take it to the da and nobody wanted to hear shit because he probably didn't have a paid lawyer at that time there's no statute of limitations on perjury perjury is when you lie under oath and regardless 
if I made a statement or didn't make a statement, that is the reason why I stood up in court and I said, when a judge asks, like, yo, does anybody have anything to say before he is sentenced? I stood up and I said, Your Honor, I'm the person who pressed the charges. I would like to drop the charges. I made a huge mistake. Wow. This was a, like, I'm in court in front of his family, in front of friends, in front of everybody, like, whatever. And they was like, take it to the DA. And nobody wanted to hear shit. Because he probably didn't have a paid lawyer at that time. There's no statute of limitations on perjury. Perjury is when you lie under oath. And regardless, if I made a statement or didn't make a statement, that is the reason why I stood up in court. And I said, when a judge asks, like, yo, does anybody have anything to say before he is sentenced? I stood up and I said, Your Honor, I'm the person who pressed the charges. I would like to drop the charges. I made a huge mistake. Wow. This was a, like, I'm in court in front of his family, in front of friends, in front of everybody, like, whatever. And they was like, take it to the DA. And nobody wanted to hear shit. So it's not just the fact of, you know, it's not just the fact of, uh, you know, her lying. The DA didn't want to do their job. Can you imagine that? They did not want to do their job. They wanted a slam dunk case. Ain't that something? You see the person's about to admit that she lied. Instead of doing your job, you decide that, you know, it's better to, uh, you know, let just let them rot, not do your job. That's crazy, man. A man spent four years in prison for something that he didn't do. Okay? This man went through the ringer. Okay? Nicki Minaj went through the ringer. Social media has torn this man apart. Her and she felt the brunt first. Okay? She is the one who was taking those beatings those verbal beatings before him. Okay? Because she's the one who's making the money. She's the one with the limelight. Okay? Nicki Minaj has always defended their relationship vigorously. She primarily seemed to love him because he was around before she had money. She probably trusts him knowing that he's the same old G from high school. Moving right along, we have to wonder... Does this change anything? I hope so. This woman, Jennifer Hull, went super hard for years. Earlier this year, she dropped a harassment lawsuit directed at Nicki Minaj but continued on with her legal pursuits at Kenneth Petty. Here's the catch. She claimed that Petty and Nicki were harassing her into totally recanting her story of grape. And here we are. She says she was offered 20000 to to say he didn't do it. In the past, she was offered vivid details on what actually happened Only <clears throat> Sorry All I could do Was hold my pants As tight as I can She said in an interview With The Real She she even yielded tears I didn't know Why It didn't dawn on me To like really fight I just held on To my pants And held my arms down And squeezed the sides Of my stomach so hard I let go 
and as soon as I let go, he grabbed my pants, and it was like a tug of war. And after, I, after a while, I got tired. Who said that after the grape, she ran all the way to school? She then told the security officer there about what allegedly happened to her. The cops then took Petty away. She also countered the assertion that they were in a relationship. We were never in a relationship ever. We had no type of romantic anything. We never talked on the phone. We never hung out. I just knew him from the hood. So how the hell did he get access to you? You never had a relationship. You never hung out. How did he get access to you? This is about to get deep. I won't go any further, but I know one thing. Nikki is having a great year. I hope this stuff does not distract us from that. I hope she sues. How did he get to know you? That's what I like to know. How does he get to know you? Make no sense, man. A lot of these women, they have to change the laws now. That if you make a false accusation of rape, you have to pay for it. Okay? No ifs, no ands, no buts. You have to pay for it. Okay? Because this is ridiculous now. This is ridiculous. Pop me this next I got right here. person do the things that they do at times but there's no excuse there really isn't no excuse at all here we go Some new information tonight in a shooting of a woman who was sitting in her car along a busy road in Raleigh. Good evening, everyone. I'm Rob Carter. I'm Angela Taylor. Tonight, we know the suspect is 26-year-old Tyler Kirby. That's him right there. He's facing multiple charges, including assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. Meanwhile, that woman is in critical condition tonight. CBS 17's Mariah Ellis has been covering this for us all day today and joins us live at the Wake County Detention Center. Mariah, what do we know about this suspect? Yes, that's right. We do know that his name is Tyler Kirby, and he's currently in jail here at the Wake County Detention Center. We've also been able to learn that Kirby has a long list of criminal history, and now he is facing even more charges tonight, including assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill. We did hear from the victim's boyfriend who tells us he's just trying to figure out why all this happened. Tyshawn Debnam says his heart is breaking. My girl was shot. Debnam says he and two other people, including his girlfriend, were in this car when someone fired through the back window, hitting his girlfriend, Maya Sherrod, who was pregnant. Sherrod was in the back seat. He says a person shot her in the head. It just, it just happened out of nowhere. Like, you don't know who this person was? I don't know. I don't know who did it. 
Raleigh police say they know who did it. This man, 26-year-old Tyler Kirby. Police say after the shooting, Kirby took off toward Gardner. An animal control officer spotted his car near Vandora Avenue with a flat tire. When Gardner police got there, they say Kirby took off running and they chased him and arrested him. Back at the scene, Juliet Rodriguez heard those gunshots. She was working just 50 feet away. Everybody just started running and trying to get to their car. I mean, stay protected from what was going on. Rodriguez says she and other customers watched the suspect try to get away while speeding through their parking lot. And everything happened so fast, you know. We just saw the car. It could have hurt somebody else as it was driving by. Debnam hopes his girlfriend Maya will be okay. Um, I just Witnesses are thinking of her too. Kinda just hope that the lady is okay and whatever was going on between them, if he knew the person or not, you know, that shouldn't have been the answer to what happened. Raleigh police have not told us the reason why this shooting happened. So at this point, we don't know a motive right now. However, we do know that Kirby is facing additional charges, including fleeing and eluding, as well as shooting into an occupied vehicle. Right. He's going to get it in prison. There's one thing you don't. You don't harm women and you don't harm children. You go to jail for that. It's 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 lights out for you. It's over. It's pretty much over for you. All right. Now, California passes this pointless uh, law that makes no sense. None at all. Absolutely no sense at all. But uh, let's 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 check it out. State regulators voting unanimously late today to put the internal combustion engine on the extinction list. They passed a new rule that bans the sale of new gas-powered cars by the year 2035. California is the first state to take action like this, and it could prove to be a watershed moment for the electric vehicle movement. According to the California Air Resources Board, about 12% of new cars sold in the state last year were zero emission. The new rule requires California to reach 35% of sales by 2026. Four years later, 68%, then 100% by 2035. Ahead of the vote today, the board heard from advocates on both sides of the issue. I tried to buy a gas vehicle, a gas truck, medium-sized duty truck. They're not available. I don't know how you're going to come up with all these electric medium-sized vehicles when you can't even buy a gas vehicle right now in the time that you that you allotted here crisis requires immediate action as transportation is the largest source of greenhouse gas emissions in california ensuring that we accelerate the transition to a zero emission vehicle future is imperative to prevent the worst effects of climate change from occurring now to be clear the rule does not affect gas-powered cars that are already on the road but the decision could have a big impact beyond california it paves the way for other states to follow suit. So far, at least 15 other states are expected to pass their own bans on sales of new gas-powered cars. Jessica Caldwell's with us. She's the executive director of Insights at Edmonds. Jessica, thanks so much. You know, those who opposed this today kept saying, it's too much too fast. Is 13 years realistic? 
100% is always really hard to get to, but I think that that probably is a good guidepost for the auto industry. We need to put something in the sand that automakers need to work towards because this is not a technology that is made and produced in a really quick period of time. Um, so I do think that over a long period of time, it is possible. However, I do think that all of these milestones and these stepping stones are gonna be probably um, evaluated and making sure that they match up with the marketplace. I don't get the sense that this is absolute and there's not any room for some wiggle room um, if, if the market doesn't look like it's heading that way or the automakers themselves cannot produce these vehicles. Well, you know, so, some EVs you can get for 20, 30 grand, but according to Kelly Blue Book, the average price of an EV is $66,000. What's being done to bring the prices down, if anything? Well, I think what needs to happen is that, and it is happening, is that automakers are going to be introducing lower cost EVs. As with any technology, whenever they first launch, it's always going to be the more expensive, the fancier that's going to cater to people that have a little bit more money. And as it gets a bit older, it's going to trickle down. And I think that's what we're going to see in this market. We okay, let's talk about, let's, let's just be clear here. This trickle down nonsense, that never happens. It's like the trickle down theory. You have all this money at the top and it will trickle down to the common people. That, that's not going to happen. Okay? Why do you keep... Unfortunately, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be dumb enough to believe this. Oh, we'll trickle down and the other common folk will afford it. No, they're not going to be able to afford it. Okay? They're not going to be. I've seen a lot of it yet. I think that's why there's so much concern. But it certainly is coming. Is getting enough charging stations the biggest hurdle to getting this done? And can the power grid even handle it? I think there's probably quite a few hurdles at this point, but I think charging, of course, is a big one. In California, charging has come a long way. Uh, living in Los Angeles, there's a lot of chargers, but I know that's not the case across the country. And people want to feel the freedom to drive. You want to be in California, you want to drive to Texas or Texas to Florida. Like, you want to make sure that that can happen. So I think creating long-distance infrastructure is going to be of the utmost importance to get this out. And then also the grid is, is, is a big issue. That's going to really vary area by area. But there's a lot of money being spent to get, make sure that this infrastructure... The only people who are going to be driving these cars are rich people. Okay? The only people who are going to be driving these cars are rich people. These people are crazy. And they think that it's... They're, they're trying to make California... Where it's only one, there's only two classes of people, the haves and the have-nots. That's exactly what they're trying to do with California. They're doing it with the water, they're doing it with the food, and they're doing it now with the power. That's exactly what's going to happen. ...is being built in this time frame. It's all moving in parallel, which makes it... A bit tenuous, but it all kind of has to happen to work together. Jessica Caldwell from Edmonds, thanks so much. Okay. This this is just it's utter nonsense. That's it. I cringe at what LA is gonna look like. Alright. I cringe. I really cringe about how you know California is going to look like in a few years. Okay? It's going to look like Mad Max of the Thunderdome. I'm telling you now. That's exactly how it's going to look like.
Okay. <sighs> California County to pay settlement to inmate who suffered miscarriage while officers stopped en route to Starbucks before going to the hospital. You had an inmate going through labor and you decided to stop at Starbucks. Southern California County will be paying $480,000 to an inmate who suffered a miscarriage in their care, with sheriff's deputies even stopping at a Starbucks for coffee on the way to the hospital back in March of 2016. Sandra Quinez, who is no longer in custody, received the settlement after claiming in a federal lawsuit the law enforcement in Orange County delayed the treatment after her water broke in jail. On Tuesday, county supervisors unanimously approved the payment. However, the settlement only becomes final after Quinez formally accepts it, according to the Orange County Register. Okay. That's a very good result for someone badly treated in jail, her lawyer, Dick Herman, told the Register. This poor woman, she's in jail having a miscarriage, and instead of calling an ambulance, they take her to the hospital in a patrol car, and the cops stop at Starbucks while she's bleeding. Those cops need to go to jail. Deputies acted with deliberate indifference when stopping for Starbucks en route to the hospital. Herman said Quinnis is mentally ill, dysfunctional, and homeless, but she understands she was wronged, according to the Los Angeles Times. Maybe that's what they thought. They thought they could get away with it. The Orange County Jail is capable of sinking into the lowest depths, Herman told the Times. Unfortunately, this is not the only occasion. The lawsuit claims that deputies refused to call an ambulance, then acted with further deliberate indifference to her while stopping for Starbucks instead of directly taking Quinas to the hospital. Her attorney did not reveal how long, how far along Quinas' pregnancy was, but did confirm she suffered a miscarriage, according to the Times. The lawsuit notes Quinas spent significant time in jail even after her miscarriage. Herman added that she's currently living with her mother. The lawsuit was actually dismissed in 2020 after being reinstated in appeals court last year. Her case was actually dismissed in federal court in October of 2020. However, it was eventually reinstated by the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals last year, the, outer, the outlet reports. She doggedly pursued this case, including all of its ups and downs, Herman said. This was a long, hard fight. We're glad that she this reached a successful conclusion. County officials reported confirmed that the settlement amount, however, no comment was provided on the case by the county or the Orange County Sheriff's Department, said spokesperson Sergeant Scott Stiniel. Inmates report widespread suicide sparse treatment at Orange County Jail. The jail in Orange County where Aquinas was housed has been criticized for a number of issues. In June, former inmate Jose Armendariz's account of being incarcerated in Orange County Jail detailed rampant suicide and sparse medical treatment, reports Knock LA. The jail was also the site of a daring 2016 escape of one of three inmates who was eventually recaptured and sentenced to 20 years in prison. Meanwhile, Zachary Swartz, an attorney representing the county, could not be reached for comment, according to the Times. So, you have situations like this that, uh, There's a lot of factors to be involved here. One is the growing mental illness problem. And the fact that you have poor quality guards. You know, correction officers. And staff. 
okay? That are not doing their job. They're doing whatever they feel like doing. And people are dying. Okay? Everything about the California criminal justice system has to be overhauled. It has to be revamped. Clean house. Especially when it comes to um, the indifference and how inmates are treated in prison. Okay? And sad to say, many of these inmates are being released onto the streets to cause more chaos. Okay, that's all I got for now. Um, I guess I will be seeing you guys later. Like, share, comment, and subscribe.